This is Ari Koretsky and welcome to Jews You Should Know, introducing the broader community to interesting and inspiring Jewish men and women making a difference in our world. Some are already famous, some not yet so, but each is a Jew you should know. We are back with another fabulous episode of Jews You Should Know, wrapping up our mini-series on mindfulness, meditation, positive psychology, and the like, and perhaps with the guru of it all, at least the most widely consumed due to his social media profile, and that is Mayor Kalmanson, aka Mayor K, who is a viral YouTube sensation. His videos have been viewed tens, if not hundreds of millions of times, and he is a young man who spreads incredible joy and light wherever he goes. Some of his famous videos include the High Five in New York, as well as the Super Bowl parties for those experiencing homelessness, among many, many other feats of kindness that he has documented and deployed to inspire others around the world. Coming up the next couple of weeks, we'll have some Passover-related conversations. Just fell out beautifully that way. We'll have a discussion with Guido Weitzman of the Pua Institute, someone actually that I interviewed in Israel on the live podcast tour, and this will actually be the last interview from that 25 interview series. Uh, So finally coming to the end of that summer trip as we nearly approach the next summer. And Pua is a fabulous organization helping couples and women struggling with infertility. And of course, Pua is also the name of one of the midwives in the Exodus story. So a lovely Passover tie in there. We'll also be releasing an interview with Mo Mernick, who is a really incredible guy. He is a person who struggled with a stutter for many, many years, overcame that to a large degree and has been incredibly successful as an entrepreneur as well as a mentor and motivational speaker, a man who wears many, many different hats and from whom I have really learned a lot. So really pumped about that interview as well. And we'll be dropping that over the next couple of weeks. But meanwhile, let's head right to our really uplifting conversation with Jewish social media personality, YouTube sensation, Mayor K. We are here with Mayor Kalmanson, a.k.a. Mayor K, a social media personality, uh, among other things, someone who has spread a lot of joy and a lot of inspiration to a lot of people. How are you, Mayor? Thank God, Baruch Hashem. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for joining. And off the bat, I got to tell you, my son is named Mayor K or Mayor Koretsky, so I already feel this like natural kinship. Ah, beautiful. Great name. Great name. I'm sure he has, uh, he has lots of energy bouncing off the walls. He's, he is high energy. Not, not quite what I suspect you are, but uh, maybe you can mentor him a little bit. Awesome. Awesome, man. I, I always have a nice, great connection with those who are mayor. It's a beautiful name, to illuminate. So I'm I sure you're going to nachas from him and continue nachas. Uh, oh, man. I, I work for Moor as my full-time job, which is also the same route, lighting Indeed. up the world. So uh, I'm, I'm all right. Rabbi, all right. That's it, baby. You got it. Don't Hashtag lamplighter. Don't tell anybody. So, uh, Mayor K, tell us a little bit about where you are from. Give us the the early Mayor K story. Got it. So, um, 
I was born in New York in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. My parents uh, moved down when I was three and a half to New Haven, Connecticut. Um, I'm the oldest of uh, four, so I have three siblings. And uh, it, was, it was a great, thank God, I grew up in a really uh, great home, a, an open home, a kind home. We always, you know, always have fond memories of having guests over for Shabbos, for the holidays. Um, parents really went above and beyond to just make pe people feel comfortable. Um, and it's, it was a really great, it was, my background was um, ultra-Orthodox, Chabad, which was interesting because we grew up, I grew up in New Haven, which had a really small uh, Chabad community. So my parents sent me off to a, a day school, which was run by Chabad, but it was like English, half of the Hebrew studies, half of the secular studies, girls in my class, um, science, learning. So it was, um, it was interesting conversations when I would go to, say, uh, a Ganya Stroll in the summertime, where all the boys came from like these all-boys schools, only Hebrew. So I would sort of some, at times feel special, but also feel a bit out of, out of the mix. Um, right. They don't always, always felt like I fit in. And it was awesome. It was different. It was, I mean, they, they did put me in the out-of-towner group of, of boys, so that was always a fun. Uh, it was, I thought we were always a bit more colorful than the rest. Out-of-town uh, probably means, you know, not out of Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. They, they put someone it's from funny how Brooklyn is like this one little city, and we, oh, the rest of the world is out of town. You know, it's like my, they, um, my son told me that, like, uh, some towns in New Jersey are, are considered out of town, you know, so – Right, exactly. It's all a matter of perspective. What brought your parents to New Haven? Why did your family leave that bastion of Chabad living in uh, Crown Heights? Um, my, my dad got a job. My dad, I mean, he had a gig out there, um, so he moved out. My mom um, uh, got a job in the school that I went to as a teacher, um, which she did for like 20 or so years. And awesome, creative, great energy. So that's, that's the reason why, my, yeah, my parents moved out. And, uh, and the rest is history, as they say, yeah. That's interesting. I knew New Haven does have a Chabad high school, right? So they have, yeah. So actually today, fast forward a bunch of years, now it's thriving. It's thriving. There's a big influx in families moving in. Um, there is now a cheder. There is high school. There is um, a crazy amount of, as a kid, there used to be a truck that used to come in once a week from New York to bring kosher food. Today now, that doesn't exist. Um, Tons, there's so much uh, yeah, food out there in, in, in New Haven. And every year, just more and more people coming. I, I go back home to visit my family. My parents live out there. And I go out into Shoal, and I don't know any. I, I, most people don't even know anymore. You know? So it's really cool to see how much it's grown uh, since I grew up. Interesting. Any connection to the Yale campus with your family over there? Not directly, no. Um, we know like the Rabbi Shulchan out there. We know um, Mr. Hecht, who runs the High Society out there as well. Uh, but nothing direct, no. It was cool to say, though, you know, New Haven, Yale. Yeah. I had no idea what Yale meant to until I started growing up. Since I started going on shulchas to, like, campuses and telling them where I'm like, oh, you're from Yale. I'm like, what? What's so big about it? <laughs> downtown. It's where um, Barnes & Noble's library is. And it's like, oh, I started to realize. <laughs> there you go. You're the Barnes & Noble guy, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, really, really stone great stone building, yeah. It is yeah. beautiful there. I was told once, though, before that, uh, when they repair the buildings at Yale, the old buildings, they deliberately repair them, like still looking kind of broken and old to preserve that facade of, uh, of ancientness, so to speak. Oh, interesting. Which is a so powerful like, lesson. That's cool. I like that. That's, that's, really, that's really interesting. Yeah, I did actually go. I was um, learning with Robert Katz, genius of a man in the community, and he had access to the Yale Library. So underneath these buildings, they have every, any, any safer, Jewish, non-Jewish, any religion, anything that comes out, Yale just buys. They buy, they buy, they buy, and they accumulate this incredible mass of, of books and libraries. So I, I actually had access for, like a, for a couple of years to go down to those libraries, and they have books dating hundreds of years old. 
Um, and it was really just just to be in that space underground and you know to, to just walk down these aisles of just old ancient literature was really just really fascinating magical very so cool was, very yeah, cool so you were in uh, these out of town scored not new haven schools you went away to school did you know early on because obviously there's a culture in uh in chabad for those who are not familiar among the listeners uh of kind of the ideal uh being someone who can go out to the world and whether onto a campus or a community or you know, Azerbaijan or wherever it might be to spread Judaism and to be a bastion of Jewish life there, um, wherever that outpost might be. Was that something that you had your heart set on? Uh, it sounds like your family wasn't, you know, specifically doing that like professionally. So yeah. what was your thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, um, to give us some context, you're right. I'm, it's, it's growing up, the Shia system is sort of caters to it's sort of it's it's meant to bring a person up into the idea of, of becoming a shliach, to being a you know this as I say lamplighter. Um, the Rebbe brings down that that um, that terminology. So my parent, my mom actually is the quote unquote the only unofficial shlucha, the only one out of her family who isn't on shluchas full time. Um, Just out of curiosity, uh, where where are some of your relatives? Oh wow, my I have I have my my aunts and uncles are in Panama, they're in uh, Florida, they're in Italy, uh, France. I got cousins who I went to visit in China, in Japan, Incredible. and then throughout the state. You've, you've got like a built-in like worldwide Airbnb. Pretty you know, much. exactly. <laughs> it's, and it's really amazing, you know, at such a young age, being in the system, you know, there's so many natural um, talents and maybe skill sets that I have now, which I really give over to credit to, to the system because from a very young age, we're going out running programs in various countries, having conversations on campuses with people, you know, much older than myself. And it really pushes you into this real world conversation to really think for yourself, fend for yourself, um, st stand your ground, and of course, explore the world and meet so many different types of Jews outside, you know, the little community of, of Brooklyn. So it's I mean, they grown tremendously through 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 being part of the system and, and the community, which is I'm really grateful for. Um, so my parents, they, they just chose chose the path that they wanted. But growing up, I've always was taught how one doesn't necessarily need the title of shliach or being in the system to do what shluchim do. What you know, which is to live a life of meaningfulness, of spreading light, positivity, showing up as you are as 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 a Jew, um, representing, holding that responsibility and title, and spread the message. So. Um, and I think in this day and age, I mean, you may go to this in the conversation, uh, with the context of having, you know, with having social media, having this outreach, um, we're reaching people that, you know, more than any, any rabbi in, in the ancient years have ever had. When we think of the rabbis had a hundred, few hundred people in a village they talked to, like now you're able to reach tens of thousands of people, millions of people. Um, and, and it's a great power. And with that comes a great responsibility and fortunate to be in that space. Amazing. So you did or did not? want to go out in that context i mean did you know it was your early aspiration to go out to some oh, follow your yeah. family or i mean i growing up i mean so yeah growing up uh, there were there was a prayer in my time where i saw myself you know uh being a shliach on like in a state or a country you know being in yeshiva someone that talks is like oh you're gonna be a shliach of a city you know the state what in the time is like you'll be a, a shliach of a country oh <laughs> not <just> a country <laughs> you'll, okay. you'll go <laughs> Like that was the kind of dialogue, which is, I guess, you know, interesting. Um, but that that came in, in that in that traditional sense. I left as I just grew up and traveled and just learned. I realized that just for me personally, um, I couldn't make that work, and it was perhaps lifestyle, which. I, but I I felt like a different calling, and I just followed that, and um, 
I felt like, you know, just my, my personality and the way I am, I like, I like to travel, I like to be in places, I like to connect with the masses. Um, and if I don't, I you don't mind my asking, I'm, I'm curious, what would, um, what, what about that life? Because so often we hear about people that are making the sacrifice to do these, these things. And, you know, huge, it's an huge. incredible network around the world. I mean, it's undeniably just awesome. Um, and yet somebody who has the skills and the talents and the abilities and is, you know, forgive the expression, but indoctrinated, so to speak, with that mentality from, from an early age, what would cause them not to want to ultimately follow through with it? In other words, if you have the skills, you have the abilities, and you certainly have the pedigree, why would a person choose not to do that? Um, what, what about a person's individual preference might enter the equation to say, you know what, I want to do something a little bit different? Yes, I mean, it's an individual, I mean, everybody who, I mean, there's so many talented people who I have, who I have friends who are in business, and there are shulchan, they're doing incredible things, and there are people who are doing incredible things in business, and they could have been shulchan, but it comes down to the, the, the individual, and the, what they, um, what they, what their preferences, what, I can't speak for anybody else but myself, I'm sure that everybody has their own ideas of what they want to do, perhaps they want to be on the side of giving, in the sense of, like, they want to make money, they want to have those are their certain goals that they have, and, and, and support tens of thousands or, or, or of shulchan or their siblings you know everybody has their drive so to speak um so that i can't say and for myself um i did use quite a bit of my uh, talents growing up um i was up performing and acting and and, and and creating videos and i've used those skills in the context of shulchan so we built we were the first people in asia to build the interactive exodus which was um we took a gym made six, seven rooms and we dressed people up in the community in like <laughs> old sackcloth and we brought them through the, I was Moses, we had Pharaoh, we had the plagues. It was an incredible experience and we had the show of factories and the Hanukkah presses and all that kind of stuff and it was awesome. And until today, I think I have very close connections in the Jewish community in Singapore and, and uh, they say we were the best here. No, but it was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, and that being said, um, I, you know, there was this, this, this inner voice or drive to, to not just to, for me to express on a much larger platform, to really pursue this type of communication of message. Um, same message, perhaps my own different style, but same message, but done differently. Maybe not from a pulpit um, and then perhaps not in a day school which I now do go and speak to and, and get invited to speak at, but in, in the medium through which I love, which is just so, in, so ingrained within me, which is just part of me, which is, uh, which is video, which is performance, which, is, um, which really fuels me. When, we, when you were making those choices, two, two things. First of all, was it clear to you that you were, you were choosing social media, so to speak, over uh, the live Schlichlist the live emissary work was that even an option at that time when you were making that choice or did it not exist yet? It's not over. I mean, it's all the kind. I mean, I, it's 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 you know. I think everybody. What I think was healthy is is everybody before going on and off shulchas or doing anything in their life, they have to really speak, for, um, listen to themselves, and see what really speaks to them. You know, and and truly choose for what they want. So yeah, we're brought up in a certain system, and the system again is to help to be a shak, but also just be a good git, to be a good Jew. And people always wonder how can you go through the system of like no English and no no higher education on a secular uh, way and and get through life. And the fact is, the, the teaching, as we know, um, it's not just about learning A, B, and C, but it's about a way of life. It's about learning how to live, how to think, how to be an incredible, giving, caring, kind human being. And those are the real skills that one needs to be successful in life. So um, so once we have all this information and we're brought up in the way that we are, I think it's as a healthy, healthy young, young adult is to figure out what do I want to, you know, what are my talents, what is my calling, what is my why, and then how do I go about doing that why? So um, 
did social media exist when you were? No. So, I mean, so the social media, as we know today, didn't exist um, back, back when I was, you know, early 20s. So, um, it was just, so that during that time, I took the time to figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, no, not everybody's meant to be a chef. Not everybody's meant to be in business. And that's the beautiful thing, right? Um, to, everybody finds their space and everybody's, able, and everybody's able to help each other. So um, I think that's the beautiful thing, the, the, the diversity of how we connect with God, how we spread the messages. Um, so during that time, I took the time to figure out what is, how, how do I want to live my, how do I want to be? And um, so I went traveling, I went backpacking, I went traveling, and that in itself is not traditional. And my whole Yeshua life is not traditional. I'm not, I'm not you know, I, the, I am the product of who I am and the choices that I've made and the mindset that I've been in. And, and thank God I'm, Baruch Hashem, blessed to be the person that I am. Um, so, um, so I took that time to decide to figure out. I came back and realized, okay, you know, going down and then finding a, 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 is a noble cause to find a space, a time, to show a community and grow that. Awesome. Awesome, and it's not for me at this point in my life. It's not. I'm not writing it off. It could happen now. It could be 40, 50. Who knows? People's lives begin at 50 years old, right? So, um, I'm not. It's not off the bank. But right now, in this space and time, I'm excited about video. I'm excited about spreading messages um, through my passion of video. And I'm passionate about spreading uh, spreading positivity, happiness, um, Torah messages, um, and I'm passionate about video performance. So let me bring that together. And this is where I find myself in this time of time of my life. So what was your intention to do with that at that time when social media wasn't, there wasn't like a natural place to broadcast it to the world yet? Um, at that time, I was using those platforms just to spread. I was just making some videos. I was traveling. Um, I was away on Shluchas, so I'd make videos to, let's say, show at, to show at the campuses or at the high schools to, to recruit them. So I'd go around town, make a video, share it on, you know, of course, on YouTube. Then I also share those videos with my friends and family back at home. I was, you know, I was, I was spending some time in England and Israel. I was spending some time in Singapore um, when I was traveling around the world. So I would just, I would use those as just sharing platforms, not necessarily trying to build a community that didn't really exist back then, at least in the early stages. So just, just a way to like, you know, um, just to share. Awesome. Did, did you get a lot of pushback when you made the choice not to go into Shalikos? Because I imagine your family would see this, you know, this dynamic, charismatic, outgoing guy, you know, maybe like the next heir apparent, you know, to, to whatever location, outpost. And you had your choice of, you know, to join probably a lot of family operations or to start your own. Did you get some pushback on that? Um, my parents, awesome. They're super supportive in what I've been doing. Um, so none of that. My grandparents, you know, any grandparent I think would want want their child, their grandchild, or their family to be in, in to follow suit, in the, you know, in, in the same way as their parents and as their children, and, and so on and so forth. So it's definitely a shock to the system, um, and I think most people in life, you know, that's how it is. You know, most people will try to tell you or tell anybody what to do and how to do it, and um, and I think you know it works for some, and some if they do that, they realize ten years down the line how miserable they are. Um, so it's, it takes, it's, I think it's very important to take in the words and, and listen the, to the advice of the people who care for you in your life, family, friends, mentors, and at the same time, you know, couple that with, you know, is that in line with what I want to do? Or is, is it perhaps a different way? I'm not saying be a rebel for rebels causes, but I think it's important to, um, to think for oneself. You got to certainly heed a certain inner voice and internal. Because, yeah. I think I think ultimately people want to when when you when I decide when you when someone decides something then people fall into line most of the time it's one of that indecision or when you don't know that people will come at you whether it's people life will come at you and try to push you to a certain direction the worry for you oh you don't know okay follow this too this works for me but if you come 
and you're like, this is what I'm doing, then momentum will come behind you. He knows what's up. You know, and they'll support you in that. It's in the indecisions. It's when like, you're trying this, trying that, floating here and there. That's when all the voices are coming. Oh, try this, try this, try this, try that. So I think I, I found in myself when I when I when I came in with certainty, um, and like this is what I'm doing, then then the, then the support uh, came behind. And I, I found myself yeah less less pulled in many different different directions. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. Um, so I'm curious what you did next. You started making videos, performing, like. Did, was there any sort of theme? Was there any sort of structure? Did you have a vision of where you wanted to go with everything? And, and as the world started becoming more and more connected, I guess, you know, what is 10, 15 years ago, probably when things, social media was really, you know, it's exploding, so to speak. What did you start to do with, with all that? Yeah, I mean, initially, I, I um, it, the messages were always around spreading positivity and happiness. It just felt in line with who I am, and people will say now in line with the brand. But it's just about being authentic, about being what 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 talks to me um, at the time. So, I mean, at the time, at, in other circles, a lot of pranks were happening, and those were very um, engaged types of videos. And I was approached by different different people to to get involved with that. Uh, with potential success and, and quite quickly and just you know comes and something which I tell young creators now is like you have to really you know figure out what it is that really speaks to you and be authentic because a I mean on the our on, on the more external road people are going to see right away that you're inauthentic but more internally what's more important is that how you're going to feel inside after you create that video and the process of creating that video or whatever mission you're trying to, to, to pursue and it's gonna burn you out so so quickly it's so unhealthy and you know Really, rather than ha having a million followers, to have 10,000 people or 5,000 people who follow you, who you, what you believe in, you're excited to wake up to, that's, that's really where the, where the money's at, quote, unquote, and more the success is at. Um, it's really, really difficult to, um, to follow through on because we're constantly told that's not the truth. Um, there's an allure, there's a seduction to mass yes, appeal. Right, 100%. It comes down to many basic needs of validation and wanting to be seen. And, and, and so it's, it's even within that, it's like figuring out, asking yourself, why do I want this? Why do I, why do I want to be seen? Why do I want to be famous? Why? Just ask that question, why? You know, why? Question it. We are the people of the question. So, so we should ask that to ourselves, not just only to our teachers and mentors, you know? It's like really what, look internally and like what, why? And then you, the discovery of self becomes very apparent and you start seeing what is, what is the driving force behind what I want to do? Why? And then, then the number game really starts to blur away because it's really about if I'm really here to just affect and spread a certain message to, then wow. Or is it, if it's just about maybe making a point else, like every time you get money for us, you're a musician and you're and it's like, wow, what a blessing. So maybe not selling out masses for a garden yet. Very important to say yet. And, but at the same time, it's like, wow, I just got 500 bucks to play my guitar. Huge. Like, that's crazy. I was just playing that in my dorm and each, like whatever that may be. It's like, so that plays in gratefulness, like to understand, like being understand, like, thank you, God. Thank you. Like for this opportunity that I'm able to like, pay my rent through this. So it's, I think it just changes the mindset and perspective and it's really living a different reality, a, a reality which is more true and real than one of fantasy and one in that stuck, stuck in one's mind. So early on, I realized that's, you know, that's the kind of messages and, uh, to, that I wanted to, to, to be involved in, the conversation I want to be around, the type of collaborators I want to work with, people in this kind of mindset. Um, happiness, comedy, serious. I, I started going to more serious topics, but it's all about... Um, Stuff that I connect with, stuff that I, I feel that I'm learning from, I want to share with people. Um, I want to build a community of like-minded individuals that want to spread goodness and, and happiness and positivity. Um, 
hashtag lamplighters, people to illuminate their, their own lives and lives of others. So that's, that's and that, in that kind of context, I would say, and then that's the kind of videos where the, where the, that's where, where the messages of the videos will fall into um, for the most part. Amazing. So what were some of your early uh, breakthrough video moments? Oh, um, my, well, without a doubt, it was High Five New York. It was me high going- five, Tell us about that. I, I, I'm familiar, but I don't know that everyone else is. And, and it, it's a pretty awesome uh, early moment for you. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I, went, I came back from traveling and I was um, just, you know, open to the world and like coming back to New York City, like it was like, whoa, it, it, was, all, it was overwhelming of the senses. And, um, and as I came back, I just was walking down the street with a good friend of mine, Ellie, and he, um, I saw a man whose his hand was outstretched, and I said, "Ellie, the world is leaving this man hanging." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and it's like that guy needs a high five. And he's like, "Mayor, dude, that's not the way it works here in New York City." <laughs> and so I was like, "Listen, I gotta go and give this man a high five. He's like, "Mayor, don't do it." I ran over, ran over, high five the man. Ran. My friend Ellie caught up. He's like, "Mayor, that was awesome." He started smiling. The guy, the people who around saw what happened, started smiling. And I was like, this could be a cool video. Like, you know, video people started making videos at the time. I knew I wanted to make videos online. I opened up a YouTube account and um, we went out the next day and we filmed the video. It took us two days to get the amount of high fives we wanted to get. Um, got a lot of rejections? Not even, not even that actually. It was more like I became like the high five fairy. Like every time I went over to get, give someone a high five, they would get a cab right away. Like I was like, I was like, like just like alley-ooping them these so it just took me some time to finally just get someone to like, as I, was, I get close to them, they would get their hand down because they were going to a cab. <laughs> the most funny response was quite positive. One or two just like deadpan looks like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, not, nothing, nothing aggressive, um, thank God. And I believe, you know, when you show up in a positive, just happy mindset, um, you know, people, they don't feel, you know, you people get aggressive when they feel like they're being attacked or there's something aggressive coming. They want to, it's a defense mechanism. But I didn't. I didn't show up in that type of light. At least that's what I, you know. Did anyone I, ask, like, dude, what what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, people were like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Yo, dude, I just want to go around, spread high five, spread positivity, man." And like <laughs> at that time, I also had like long hair, um, total like you know hippie hipster. Yeah. So like you know you can't get upset at a guy with a beard and a long hair. You know what I mean? It's like oh, God, just one love. <laughs> Did anyone feel like uh, you're invading my personal space or that kind of thing? Like I said, no, maybe two or three mess. you know, people got back to me and, and, and in the sense of like, just like gave me like a look like, yo, bro, like, what are you doing? And then I'll explain to them. I'll get back. I'll come back, run back and say, you know, I just want to like spread human connection and spread good vibes and, you know, being about being present. I told them what the message of the video was and they, they came around to it. Did people know you were filming? Most of the time, no. It was yeah. happening like from a distance. Yeah, yeah. The hidden, it was a hidden camera, sure. Hidden. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It kind of spoils the... Authenticity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You wanted to have, yeah, you want to keep it. It's like, okay, you stand here. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was very uh, organic. So what was the, what was the impact of that early video? It sounds like that was like the first major hit, so to speak. <laughs> what, what came of that? What was the reaction? Did you get people like just messaging you from all over the world? Oh my gosh, it was wild. The next <laughs> morning I woke up and I got like a bunch of emails in my inbox saying they wanted me to be on this uh, radio show or this TV show. And I ended wow. up, doing a little like two, three day um, press tour around New York City. And I got a lot, a lot of write-ups, a lot of press. Um, yeah, from like Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, BuzzFeed, Mashable, uh, New York News, local news, national news. It was pretty wild. 
Um, and so that, that got a lot of, you know, that's pushed a lot of, you know, just the message out there and brought in a lot of, of the following initially and also gave me a lot of confidence to realize that this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm good at and something that feels natural. And this is what the world seemed like that they wanted to see more of, you know, like I mentioned, it, a lot of content that was being created at the time and even till today, but now, now a, lot, a lot less, but it was a lot of just like laughing at people. I wanted to laugh with people. Mm. People were just spending a lot of just like, you know, pranks and just like random type of content. And I want to bring a bit more meaning to what we are watching. Interesting. What do you think about that video specifically beyond that? It was, you know, just fun and sort of lighthearted. What do you think touched a nerve in, in people? Um, what I believe what, I mean, I, I think what it was is that it was different from what most people saw. saw. It was something that was relatable. Everybody's hailed the cab once or twice in their life. Um, it was so in brand. It was just like, it was, it was just so, something light, something fun, something like, oh my God. And also I, what I've heard from many people and they reach back out to me, they're like, you know how many times I've thought about doing that to somebody? <laughs> so like, it just felt connected. And, and once they also understood and got the, the idea of like, especially in a place like New York City where people feel so con disconnected, yes. so many yes. people, it was just a way of like connecting people. And it's a message that people can get behind. Cause yeah. you know, you can be in a room full of people and feel so alone. And, um, and that's an emotion many people could relate to. And that was something that I wanted to bring to light and say, hey, you're not alone. I'm yeah, that's the theory I was going to posit was along those lines that I, I feel like so many people are afraid to kind of break the social taboo of like, we're supposed to kind of be in this, these siloed little spaces and everyone kind of walled off from each other unless you know a person in a very specific way or, you know, you, you, you've created a, a particular kind of uh, relationship with them. And here you just kind of broke those, those rules. You just kind of said, I don't need to go through all those stages of, I can just come right, right in and be like, Hey, I'm a human. You're a human. Let's connect. And I think people said, finally had permission to experience that. And I think that was very liberating for people. That's it. And I've created, and I've tried and worked on creating other videos around that concept of like, everybody slow down for a second. You know what I mean? Like we, like you said, we have this context of what it means to be in this space and, and we're, we're just all human beings. I mean, there's something to be celebrated about our individualities and, and, and our religions and the way we dress and think and awesome. Awesome. And at the same time, let's let's celebrate our, our oneness as, as as a race and and i think through that we could really you know appreciate the individuality respect unity these are things that we practice you know i don't want to sound like a total hippie but i, I really truly believe it i've experienced it it's not something I, i'm philosophizing in my room or in a, like in, a, in a temple somewhere um i've experienced this i've i have created spaces where like people from the most random spaces in the world, different thought process, anywhere, coming together, connecting on just the most, you know, natural human form, dance, music, just love, high five, connecting conversations, the kind of conversations that take place in these spaces, you can never, you will never have with even with your best friend. With your best friend, you're not having these conversations because you're also playing the context and it's uncomfortable to, to really delve into say, how you're doing, how you're feeling, you know, like, who wants to talk about that? But that's when real life really begins. I mean, and there's no right or wrong. I just think that to li I believe I'm living, I'm living a bit more conscious, awake life, um, connecting with people on such levels. Um, it's, it feels a lot more full and more real, and uh, and it really brings uh, brings together the worlds um, to create spaces where peace, respect, and harmony could could, could live in. It's interesting. Did you, did you take inspiration from 
uh, or, or any, you know, modeling perhaps from uh, the whole Humans of New York movement? Um, I only heard about Humans of New York a little bit later on. Um, and I, I've, I've gotten inspiration through various people um, from books that I read or from videos that I've seen. Um, a, what I've been, and earlier on, people started tagging me in a, a, um, a YouTube channel called Improv Everywhere. And they, they do a lot, a lot of cool stuff, awesome stuff. Um, so that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's, that's a great idea. Like, oh. And so, and vice versa, they reached out and like, and they've, they've commented in some of the videos. So that was, that's cool too, um, to see other people in the space doing the same things. Yeah. Yeah. It's humans in New York, I guess the same idea of like getting very personal with, with somebody who's a real stranger and, and extracting that humanity, uh, from an, from an anonymous person on the street instead of, again, creating those bridges for people. Totally. hundred percent. Exactly. Just showing, showing the story behind just a person on the subway or, you know, the person at the, at the bodega, everybody has a story. Everybody has people that they love them and who they love. And, um, and really truly, as we know, we're all really connected. Um, so like it just takes a healthy body, the arms, the legs, the head, everybody has to be functioning to really have a healthy body. And so we, once you start cutting off a certain sect or certain people, you know, we're cutting off literally a limb of our, our, our whole self. Did you encounter any cynicism? People saying, oh, this guy's just, you know, out for publicity or whatever. Yeah, all the time. And, <laughs> it's, um, and I've, I've, I've developed compassion, you know. I've developed compassion for, for such responses in people. Um, it's something that I work on, you know. It's like when you're giving a public speech and in front of a thousand people and one person goes to the bathroom, you already <laughs> dialogue in your head. Why is he leaving? You have another thing that people watching. So um, you have everybody else listening and you're focusing on one. So initially that's something that I had to work through. And like, oh my God, the negative comment getting at me. And then I just realized like, wait a second, why is a bully bully a kid? You know, like why do, why do people do that? And there's, and there's always a process to it. And um, usually comes from a place of pain, hurt, you know, lack of self-confidence, whatever those, whatever that makeup may look like. Um, and so it's really compassion. And so if it's coming from a place of constructive criticism and something that someone wants to say and share, I'm always open to have that conversation. Um, if it's coming from blatant hate and like just, just to say something, then like I just like let it roll off me. It's not a big deal and really just keep on going. Um, so yeah, there is cynicism out there and it's unfortunate. I think they're, they're robbing themselves. People who are, are robbing themselves of a lot of joy and a lot of less pain and suffering. Um, and I think a lot of people tie their identity with their cynicism, which is, um, which is pretty deep rooted. And then it's like sort of scary because you have to like, um, you know, take apart your own identity and then who am I? And it's like, it's a road, it's a road of development, but like, and everybody's up for it. Um, I think it's awesome if you, if people are. And they'll really find a lot of joy and happiness on the other side of it. It's a good thing that uh, you did this video before Uber. Otherwise, you would have been uh, toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd have right. to grab people's phones or whatever to, to high-five their phone or something. <laughs> right, exactly, right? <laughs> so oh, man. What were some of the other videos that, that you started making? Uh, you have a Wikipedia entry. Uh, I know that, that lists a couple of like, the big signature uh, videos that some of them got hundreds of millions of views, literally. That's as you know, I don't know how accurate Wikipedia is, but that's what it says. Um, tell us about some of the other ones. The high five was the one I was most familiar with, but I know there have been many others and some even far more popular in fact. So what were some of the other really meaningful ones and, and popular ones that you've done? Um, I, another one, um, we threw a dance party in the subway of New York city. That's so awesome. that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. That how'd was, you, how'd you do that? How'd you organize that? Oh, that was just, um, I just reached out to some friends boom box um you know get the speaker get the get the music get the lights get my butt i got a friend um to take the two friends to take the video 
Um, got a guy off Craigslist to be the dancer. Um, <laughs> and like just threw a party, brought a band of some friends. So it helped to have a few people like start dancing already. And then just like, boom, the influx of people, people just started coming on. And it was, the, it was one of the best nights of my life. And you just went out to a random subway car? Yeah. Yeah. Just a random subway car. Amazing. It's yeah. a, a great story. A friend of mine uh, named Rabbi Shmuel Brody, now in, in Seattle. Um, we were in Yeshiva together years ago. And uh, you may remember there was a big, big rally. Um, try to remember what it was for. Um, it was a huge rally in, in D.C. Um, maybe something with the Israeli, for the Israeli government or something like that. Hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. And uh, he went down and then on the subway car down from Baltimore, where we were studying down to D.C., he just started singing Am Yisrael Chai and just got up and just got everyone going. Um, and again, these were all Jewish people, you know, predominantly, but the incredible sense of, you know, of togetherness in that moment. Again, people don't know each other at all. So it takes the audacity of one person to kind of start that and everyone else is so appreciative for that leadership. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. I mean, I think that when we human beings, like, or when we step out of our own comfort zones and we just like open ourselves up to what may what will be out there, um, magic happens, really. Magical things happen internally with, with our friends and family, our communities. When we're, when we're doing X, Y, and Z for so long, it's gotten us thus far. And we want to just really change it up and have some sort of amount of growth to leave that comfort zone to, to make that happen. Amazing. So what are some of the other, uh, the other big, big highlights for you? Um, I, I mean, I, I created a, a nonprofit around one of my videos. Wow. Um, to, yeah. So that's something that's new and fresh. And like, I'm starting to realize the responsibilities of that fundraising for one. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's uh, the Super Bowl party for those who are experiencing homelessness. So for the past three years, I've been hosting a Super Bowl party for those who are experiencing homelessness. I'm bringing the, the, the community as well. Uh, we had it in multiple, multiple cities around the, around the, around the states. Um, and at the party, we were connecting people with people. So it's about taking away the stigma, awareness, um, helping those who, who are experiencing homelessness to feel like humans again. I feel like a lot of the um, epidemic is around the, the idea that many people don't have the, they don't view themselves as human beings. And we don't view them as human beings. And when we shut ourselves off to the set, this massive population, we're really shutting off a big emotional part of ourselves. We can't just turn off an emotion of like, you know, disheartness and like, you know, uh, just like coldness to somebody on the subway when someone's sitting on the street um, and then be okay, and then have a full healthy relationship with other people. It just doesn't work that way as human beings. So I feel like we, we lose when, when, when others are losing. We're all on the same team. And so, um, um, so, so, the, so it's really taking off. Our, our goal for next year is to be in 20 states. Um, the video, I, I, put, I, put, I created a video around those parties and those videos have gone super viral and it really helped push the message. Unfortunately at the time I wasn't fundraising at the time with it. So that's, it's a new step and it's like a new, it's a new era. It's sort of separate from video, but it's something that really talks to me. Um, um, it goes back to the idea of feeling, you know, I, I have felt, you know, alone in the past and not feeling alone and not assuring the message that you're not alone and, and to really bring back the human connection and human dignity um, to humanity. How did you find uh, people to invite? Why right on the street. Unfortunately, in New York City, there's uh, I think you pick a corner, you'll find a few people. So when yeah, we go on the streets in New York City, we we um we invite people off the street. And this past year, we also teamed up with uh, an awesome organization called Knock Knock Give Us Hot, and uh, we gave um, we also invited a few of the shelters in New York to come through as well. 
and that way what the shelters would tell them about opportunities where they could stay? Yeah, so we, we, we bust them in from the shelters. We brought them uh, you bust the, the, the participants in from the shelters? Yes. Got it, got it. Yeah. Did you just walk around the streets with like a flyer? Like, Walked around the streets with- a day of, like on the school day, like come with me now. Yeah, exactly. So it was a day of, an hour before, we went in the streets, we invited, hey, Uber jumped in, we took them over. Um, we also had on the website uh, vouchers, so if people couldn't come themselves, we also empowered people to download the voucher off from their home, go onto the street, and had all the information, and then they were able to invite those who were experiencing homelessness to go to the party as well. Incredible. How many people came in New York City? Like 100. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You, got a, you got a venue to just toast the whole thing? and. Yeah, we got a venue. We, you know, sponsorships for the food, for the um, for drinks, and musicians came, motivational speakers, donations for clothing, a barber. Um, it was a really great experience. And and our goal is you to do like, halftime haircuts. Yeah, well, throughout the whole time there was like this stuff, haircuts going on, shaves. There was different sections. You know, everybody's into the football game, so they got the game going on. But you also have like musician playing, and there's like you know concerts going on. There's just the the makeovers in the back. People, you know, taking clothing, trying those on, just conversations, really great organic conversations. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Did anything that you know of come from that that, you, that you've heard of? Or it's relationships or people getting connections? Yeah, that have? massively, 100%. The way um, uh, massive boost in, in confidence and, and connectivity, people have changed numbers at the party. Uh, from a volunteer perspective, a lot of people, um, kids who are sheltered or didn't never really engage open their mind to volunteering to to the homeless community to just look at them as people and they've mentioned how they throughout the year have been a lot more aware and helpful um and the goal is not to just keep it as i would say not just not to play it down because the night is incredible incredible um but it is to move into a space where we're teaching not just to give fish but teach how to fish so not just give food or shelter but to really build up the person again so they're able to hold down a job so they're able to um, you know, once again, be part of the community um, as a whole on, on, a, on a daily basis. We've landed jobs for homeless shelters in the past, for homeless people in the past. Um, but you know, the argument is, oh, they never hold it down. Well, of course not, because when we feed into the narrative uh, of their own narrative that they're less than, then how can you have the responsibility and, and, and the confidence to hold down a job? So it's really about going back to the basics. And, uh, and that would be the goal. That is the goal of, of this nonprofit. How do you deal with issues of mental illness and things of that nature? Um, that is something that we would have to tackle down the road. Um, but that's not going to stop us to help those who aren't battling mental illness. So, yeah. Amazing. There was another, uh, I think, video where you dealt with, uh, you had people, ch kids choosing between helping people or eating ice cream. What, what was that about? Yeah. Oh, that was about, <laughs> that was about, um, you know, something beautiful about children is that they don't, they have this beautiful clear vision of the world and and they show up as they are there's no there's no mass with children there isn't any like the the illusion of of themselves when it comes um to, to people showing up in the world um and so i do love making creating videos with with children showing that dynamic dynamic um the the difference between like that the adult which we are all children at one point right we lose this like it's something throughout this the years of childhood to adulthood like things get crazy but we're all just a bunch of children and that's also through you know subtle messaging of my videos is that i just try to tap into that again 
Like we're just like tap into that inner child, you know, show us some love, show us some care. Um, so in that particular video it was about just showing like, you know, would they take, uh, you know, monetize like this money or would they go and use it or would they help it through a, a kind act of like giving it to a homeless person um, and putting them, putting them in, in that situation. So there was the ice cream on one side, the homeless person on the other side, and then playing out the scenario. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it says, again, according to Wikipedia, the great uh, <laughs> fountain of wisdom, um, it says that the most watched video, 266 million views, that's at least uh, according to their citation in, uh, uh, yeah. from uh, I think it's more now. Valuable Lesson for a Happier Life. Uh, that I think it's more now. I think it's more we're, now. We're up to 267, maybe more. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, and, and one, when, once I watch it. But, oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was, that's the most popular video um, in my... What, what was that? That was a famous story that I, uh, a parable that I read. In, right. And um, yeah, and I, and I just loved it. And I wanted to bring that to life. So share uh, the parable, if, if you will, with, with everyone. Okay, so um, the short of it is there's a professor that comes to his class and brings along with him a, a, a empty jar, puts it on the table. And um, he says that this jar represents your life, uh, students. And he starts to put in golf balls. And he says the golf balls represent, you know, the, the, the priorities, the most important things in your life, you know, your health, your family, um, God. And then he puts in, he says, is a golf, is a, is a jar full? And the kids say, yeah, it's a, it's a full jar. And then he puts in uh, smaller pebbles. And, oh, sorry, I jumped ahead. And then he asks the students, hey, is this, um, is this jar full? And they say, yes, now it's definitely full. And then he puts in some sand and they say, and he asks, is the jar full now? And the, and the kids say, yes, it's full now. You can't, you can't put anything else in that jar. No way. And then he pops over two Coronas, pours in the Coronas, and uh, they settle in. He says, is the jar full now? And they say, yes. And so he says, the lesson is, is that, like I mentioned, the golf balls represent the most important things in your life. God, your, your friend, your, your, your family, your health. The sand represents the small things in your life, perhaps. You know, the, the car and the house and the more monetary, materialistic things. And then he said the sand represents the really, really small things in your life, the tiny things, whatever that may look like in your life. And so he said, now in life, you could put in the golf balls, right, in the jar of your life. You could put in the golf balls first. And when you put in the priorities first, the golf balls, then there's a room for the other smaller things in your life. However, if you put in the opposite, if you put in the sand first, the pebbles first, then there won't be any space in this jar of life for the big priorities, those golf balls, your family, your health. So it was really about a lesson of priorities, putting first things first. And then when you do that, there'll be space for everything else. And then one of the kids asked, but hey, Professor, what about the two Coronas? I was going to ask you that myself. <laughs> and then the professor says, it's to show that no matter how much your life is filled, there's always room for a beer with a good friend. <laughs> nice. So what do you think about that particular message? It says it was translated to many languages. And again, 266 plus million views. Um, why that particular one? I believe that's, you know, it's a reflection of where many of us find themselves. You can ask that question yourself. Do you find yourself um, challenged with putting priorities, certain priorities first, the work and life balance? Yeah, yeah 100%. It's, a, it's part of the human condition. So no matter what, where you're from in the world, that is something that we all struggle with. We all work towards having that right, putting the right priorities first, putting first, first, second, second, and so on and so forth. So it was a message that landed very well. 
I think it was very clear. It was nice and short. It was simple. It was straight to the point. It had a nice little twist at the end. So with all those things in together, it was just something that landed with, with people. And, you know, the rest is history. It got shared. It got, and, and, and people really felt moved, touched, and inspired by that message. Incredible. Just starting to wrap up, Mayor. What would you say is the most surprising reactions you've gotten to any of your work? The most surprising in what way? Um, I mean, I'm surprised by a just the the, <laughs> the community. How many languages, for example, you know, these videos have been translated in, and where I get my responses from. I've gotten voice notes from from people in Libya, wow. from people in Australia, from all over the world, and it just shows how small the world is. A and B, how how connected we can be just through like these, you know, through these videos, through these messages that we all are going through this stuff. You know, we all are, and um, and so that's really amazing. It's pretty awesome to see how the communities have come around to my videos. In the beginning, I feel like there was a bit more hesitancy um, to the it. Jewish, the Jewish community. The Jewish community, yeah, sure. And now it's it's pretty more. It's pretty well established. You know, people people seem to, you know, even those who had some doubts earlier on have come around. So that's that's always cool. To, that's nice to see the, that progression. Um, yeah. What else surprises me? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just feel very grateful and, and, and privileged to be able to be, in, to be in this space, to be doing what I love, to be in the side of giving. I love going and getting invited to host um, different events, MC different events, to get invited to speak at schools, elementary, high schools, colleges, to share the message. Um, and that's something I always loved, um, always loved doing. So that's is that how you're making your primary living now, or is the YouTubing itself, you know, a, a, the biggest source of, of revenue for you? Um, I have various ways of, yeah, so multiple various ways of income. It's through, the, it's through social media, um, through sponsored content. Uh, so people, like companies or different organizations like, to, like the kind of things that I'm doing. So they sponsor a video, tie in with the message. I am picky when it comes to that kind of stuff because I, I definitely believe that has to be in my own. On brand. On brand. Right. has to be on brand. Um, and yeah, getting invited to speak at different events, you know, that also helps um, pay the bills. Yeah. That's where it's at right now. Is it ever difficult for you being such a public persona and kind of almost like a representation or even a caricature of happiness and positivity? Does that ever make it difficult in your own life to not be positive to, you know, if you yourself are just feeling down or feeling sad and kind of almost not having permission to do that? I did at one point in my life and it was very, it was terrible, uh, very unhealthy, right? Suppressing one's emotions is never good. To feel, feel like that they're bad is never, is not healthy either. Um, so that in the beginning was something that I, it was a persona that I pushed very much. Um, and we would have a very different type of conversation, I think two years ago, or even a year ago, um, when you asked me this, this question. So yeah, initially it was like, oh, I have to be this light and this place of like just full of positivity and happiness. And anybody asked me that question, I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's all about living and looking at life half full and like the glass half full and keeping a positive mindset, yada, yada, but that's bogus because that is true. And at the same time, we're human beings and I do get at times, uh, feel sadness and feel I've gone through depression. Um, I've been through all that. And people can see more of that story on my mic drop. Um, I did a mic drop speech. It's on my YouTube channel, on their YouTube channel, Mayor K, mic drop. And, um, and, but the short of it is that it, I don't think it's a steer us. Anything takes away from one's own happiness and positivity. I think it makes it even more real and authentic when one is in touch with all, all their emotions. And it's okay to be sad and, and to be in that space. And because um, life is that, is, like, is that bridge. What I push is to strive, to, to, to keep that positive mindset. To, 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 to open one's mind and possibilities to living as much of that fulfilled life as possible. 
and God willing, there'll be more videos coming around uh, about the, the space, the stuff that we're talking about as well, uh, about owning up to one's emotions, being um, about being sad, depression, addiction, suicide. These are things that you know, perhaps I wouldn't have talked about years ago, but these are these are very relative um, things that are very important conversations to break out of the stigma about because um, when we don't talk about it, it really manifests in, in aloneness and isolation where many people find themselves in when they when they're in these emotions. So. I think it's awesome that the communities are, our Jewish, Jewish communities are being more open to it. I think we have a lot more way to go. Um, and I think a lot of lives will be saved um, when we do so. If anything, I think that the willingness to encounter those kinds of topics and for you yourself to be willing to be more well-rounded, let's put it, you know, from, from an emotional perspective, or at least more transparent about those other emotions gives a lot more credence to the super happy, positive stuff, you know, where otherwise people might kind of dismiss it as that's just kind of his, you know, how he is. I'm not like that, you know, right. no, I, I could be like this. I also have my challenges and struggles and still I can make a video like that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it totally brings a lot more authenticity to it as well. And it's, and more relatable, right? Cause it's, it's like, it's just, it's just part of being part of a human being. It's just part of it. So it's like, it's like this, not only realistic goal that no one could reach, because unattainable, it's um, it's just yeah, it's just, just, just touching base on all the topics, and saying that all this is valid, all this is true, and and we can still push through and make it happen. Any uh, immediate impending projects, videos, things that are launching that people should look out for? Woo! All right. Um, I'm right now. I'm actually right now in the editing process of a few podcasts on myself, my own podcast. Awesome. Um, yeah. What's it gonna be called? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it's called uh, Kcast. Kcast. Um, a, a great day with Mayor K. Love it. Um, and we're going to talk about people's, um, you know, how how they have a great day, their stories, their tri tribulations, their challenges, how they got through to it. But, you know, some people who are well known, some people who aren't, uh, people yep. who I just find fascinating, who who inspire me. Um, so we're launching off ten of the episodes first. Um, my first time, really, I mean, I've been on podcast, my own podcast, so I'm going to get back to that feedback of people who do listen to it when it comes out. love to hear your feedback. Awesome. And then I'll push that a bit more. I'm right now in the midst of uh, putting together a children's book and a few other videos. A couple of music videos are in the bag and a few uh, new videos around the topics that we just mentioned. So, um, yeah, thank God. Uh, I was also in the, in the midst of, 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 uh, of the beginning, beginning processes of a feature film. Interesting. What would that be about? Ooh, stay tuned. <laughs> okay, will do. And where, Mayor, can people find? I know you're all over online, but where is there like a centralized location where the most of your stuff lives and, and how can people access you most readily? Yeah, I mean, mayork.com, you can check out my website, but it really on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all of that is under Mayor K, M E I R K A Y. Mayor K, have a great day. Amazing. Mayor K, spreader of inspiration, happiness, joy, and authenticity, a viral online sensation, and real Jewish ambassador extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so, so much for having me, Rabbi. I really appreciate it. It was awesome. This has been Ari Koretsky on Jews You Should Know. Please visit us at JewsYouShouldKnow.com and subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume podcasts. Find us on social media at JewsYouShouldKnow. If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. And you can do so by visiting Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash JewsYouShouldKnow. Finally... 
If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and introduce many more people to Jews you should know.